0: Merry Christmas. It is uh, wonderful to see you this evening and to, to spend this time with you. Ever since I was a kid, I have loved Christmas time. The, the uh, lights, the trees, the carols, the decorations, the gifts, the feasts, the family, the candlelight, the warmth of it all. There are so many enjoyable things about Christmas. And, and I often say a day or two after Christmas, I can't wait until Christmas. Uh, but as good as Christmas is, it can be stressful. Andy Williams said Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, Christmas is wonderful. Christmas is a hap-happy season, but Christmas doesn't magically make everything perfect. Christmas can't heal the brokenness around us or in us. Sometimes Christmas amplifies problems that are there all year long. Long lines, well, they have a way of of uh, accentuating our obvious lack of patience. Um, a, a family gathering can open old wounds. Materialism assumes control of the credit card. Gift-giving feels more like yuletide coercion instead of genuine thoughtfulness. Now, I don't mean to be a Grinch, okay? I don't mean to, to uh, get your Christmas off on The wrong foot here, but I think we'd all agree that Christmas doesn't magically make everything perfect. Now, if you were to have an experience like Ebenezer Scrooge, where you could look down upon the world in motion, what would you see? What would you see? Well, beneath the charm of Christmas, you'd see brokenness, you'd see need. You'd probably see people like sheep wandering around aimlessly without any idea what they're doing or why they're doing it. You'd see harassed and helpless people, many of whom on the outside look like they're having a great time, but inside are really hurting. And you'd see a few people living securely beneath the loving care of the shepherd now, this is not to dampen the start of your Christmas. It's actually meant to do just the opposite. This is to get you thinking about true security, peace, and joy, the, the kind that transcends the brokenness that we're all aware of. If you follow my train of thought tonight, here for these few moments, uh, it's humbling, but can create in you a deep sense of joy not tied to fleeting holiday pleasures, but anchored to the everlasting pleasure of the shepherd. And my aim this evening is for your eternal and everlasting joy in Jesus Christ. First, you and I need a shepherd. If we advance from the manger into the public ministry of Jesus when he was in his early 30s, Matthew 9, 35-36 retell this story. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd." In these Palestinian uh, cities and villages, the people were diseased, afflicted, harassed, and helpless. They needed a shepherd. And verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Compassion. Jesus had this, this deep empathy inside of him. His heart went out to the suffering people before him. The shepherds saw their desperate need. Why did he have compassion on them? Because they were harassed. And helpless, like a, like a sheep without a shepherd to lead them. Another way to say that would be that the people were weary and worn out. Are the people in the cities and the small towns of America so different? Are you? Am I? Sheep are foolish. They're stupid animals. They're weak and defenseless animals. And if they don't have a shepherd, they are in deep trouble. They wander by themselves with no sense of direction nor the capability to care for their own needs. Jesus saw human beings who couldn't care for themselves. Human beings whose problems were beyond them. Human beings who needed a shepherd. They were people tormented by the effects of sin. Jesus saw them in a way that they did not see themselves, in a way that they could not see themselves from the perspective of the shepherd. And he saw their desperation. How many people do you know right now that have serious illnesses? Serious illnesses. How many people uh, do you know that, that, that are deeply hurting right now? How many things are out of your control? How many habits have you tried to kick or or things that you've tried to change about yourself, maybe a New Year's resolution, only to realize in a short amount of time that, that you can't do it? How many times have you known the right thing to do, you know it's the right thing to do, and yet you've still done the wrong thing because you felt like it, only to suffer the consequences afterwards? Without the shepherd, we are harassed and helpless more than we think. Apart from any delusion that we would have of of actually being in control, we have to admit we're helpless and in need of the compassionate shepherd to lead us. Secondly, God promised the shepherd. He promised the shepherd Uh, Micah prophesied in the 8th century B.C. So this verse was written about 700 years uh, before Jesus was born. God made a promise to his people. Listen to what Micah said. It's magnificent. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days." Bethlehem was was a, a small, insignificant town of Judah, about five miles from Jerusalem. It was nothing like the great city of Jerusalem. And from this little town and from the lineage of David would come a promised ruler for the glory of God. And the ruler's coming forth would be from ancient days or from days of eternity. This ruler was unique this ruler would be more than human. God promised a ruler for his people, and God never, ever, ever breaks a promise. Thirdly, God sent a shepherd. Consider this little town of Bethlehem. Consider the lineage of David. Consider the ruler in Israel. Luke noted that God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, who was betrothed to Joseph, and Joseph was of the house of David. David. He told Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then Luke recounts that, that Gabriel added this, he will be great and will be called the son of the Most High and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. God was fulfilling his promise. He was giving a great king, a ruler, whose reign and kingdom have no end. In the next chapter, Luke reported that Joseph and Mary lawfully headed from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be registered because Joseph was of the house and lineage of David, so he went to Bethlehem. And Matthew 2, 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, God kept His promise to this little small town of Bethlehem. He sent a ruler. He sent a shepherd. Later, the wise men arrived in Jerusalem, and they created quite a stir from being there. And and Herod was paranoid, and uh, he gathered the chief priests together and the scribes to find out where this little ruler that intimidated him so much would be born. And do you know what they told Herod? They quoted Micah. They answered Herod, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Many years prior, God made a promise. Seeing the desperate plight of humanity, God sent his only begotten Son to be Savior and ruler of his people to earn universal and everlasting reign and rule through a cross and resurrection. The manger was a thoroughfare to the cross through which the ruler obtained a people, obtained all authority over those people, and became their good shepherd. So fourthly, Jesus Christ is the shepherd who alone, solely, can lead you into security, peace, and joy, the security and peace and joy of God. Now, sheep will not find the lush pasture on their own. They have to be led there. They have to be taken there. On their own, they get hurt, and maybe worse, eaten. Sheep need a shepherd to lead them to security, to lead them to peace, to lead them to joy. Listen very closely to Micah 4 and 5. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. That's the Messianic and Davidic ruler. From verse two, he will stand forever as king. He will shepherd his people. He will lead them. He will feed them. He will tend them and he will protect them. He will do all of this in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. That means he will shepherd with excellence and he will shepherd with impressiveness and he will shepherd with glory and he will shepherd with splendor. And notice how his shepherding's shepherding benefits the sheep. And they shall dwell secure and he shall be their peace. Think about this. What makes a harassed and helpless sheep all of a sudden become secure and peaceful? One thing. One thing. The gracious care of the shepherd. Jesus has supremacy. You see, Micah linked... The security of the sheep to the boundless greatness of the ruler. Those two things were connected. Jesus has supremacy over everything because he is God in human flesh who came to earth to give his life for his sheep, to purchase his sheep with his own life in order to lead them through life safe and secure right into the eternal presence of a holy God. Now, have you admitted your sinfulness and need? Do you know that you're in need? Do you know that you're desperate? Do you know that you can't fulfill the law on your own? Do you know that you have fallen short of the glory of God? Do you know this? And have you turned from your sin? Have you turned your back on it, forsaken it? And in need, have you put your trust in the shepherd to receive him as your security, peace, and joy? have you? Look at the world around you, friends. Just open your eyes. Too many people are going their own way and they're wandering through life aimlessly without any true sense of security or peace outside of the truth and the love and the care and the provision and the safekeeping of the good shepherd. Too many people isolate themselves from the shepherd from his, his means of shepherding grace, namely his word and his sacraments, they isolate themselves from the people of God and they do life their own way, exposing themselves to innumerable dangers that lurk so close, that are all around them, waiting to devour them. Listen to what the good shepherd said. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. One flock, one shepherd. Ask yourself, who belongs to the shepherd? Who belongs to the shepherd? Everyone who listens to the voice, his voice. Everyone who hears him call to them and who joyfully responds and follows him everywhere. That's who the sheep are. That's how you can tell. The sheep are glad for the shepherd, The sheep love the shepherd. They are happy to forsake their aimless and dangerous individualism to be brought into the benevolent reign and rule and care of the shepherd. They are happy to turn from their way in order to follow him in his way as he leads them into beautiful places. You and I need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. We are harassed and helpless without him. Don't blow smoke. That's you and that's me. That's true. That's life. And God promised a shepherd. And God came through and he sent us a shepherd. His name is Jesus, and he is God's son and the chosen Messiah who will shepherd God's people right into the presence of God. True security, my friends, true security and peace. And joy are found not in going our own way, but abandoning all to be loved and led by the shepherd. How gracious of God, think about this, how gracious of God to give us the shepherd and to lead us by his spirit and his word into everlasting glory, into the presence of God who will make us happy forever, who will care for us forever. Jesus Christ is the shepherd. Follow by God's grace. Father, I thank you for your grace and for speaking to us so kindly through your word. We cannot hear from you if not from your special revelation, your word. The 66 books of of the Bible, the Old and the New Testament. God, you speak to us one unified uh, story of redemption. How there was a promised seed that you raised up to stomp on the head of the serpent He would get that seed's heal, And so Jesus Christ came. He was that seed. He was that shepherd who, as the Lamb of God, climbed on the cross and was slaughtered for our sake, for everyone who believes in him, for everyone who looks to him, for everyone who trusts in his finished work. We thank you, God, that we have a shepherd who gave his life for us and that as we trust him and enjoy union with him, He leads us right into the presence of you. And that is what we want most, to see and behold the glory of Almighty God. And I pray that you would impress upon us tonight that truth of your shepherd leading us to God. And may we trust him and follow him as he carries us home. In Christ's name and for his fame and glory we pray. Amen.